It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on 8. Yeah, I know. But that's 8 floors up. That's like 8 times 8. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of Scout.com and CBS Sports.com networks. And today is Friday, the second day of NFL free agency, and we're going to recap day one, a big and busy day for the Green Bay Packers. On Thursday, the Packers re-signed outside linebacker Nick Perry. They lost defensive back Micah Hyde. They lost center J.C. Trutter. They re-signed um, veteran backup Don Barclay. A couple of big dominoes yet to fall. Guard T.J. Lang, tight end Jared Cook, and running back Eddie Lacy. Before we get into all that, I'd like to remind you to check out the rest of the great Locked On podcast network, which includes Locked On NFL Draft. Locked on NFL and Locked on Fantasy. And of course, head on over to my website, packreport.com. A lot of content up over there. Not a member? Maybe, well, maybe you should give it a try. And here's how, here's how you do it. Sign up for a month. Go to the landing page, sign up for hit join. Sign up for one month, then type in the coupon code FA2017. That's F for free, A for agency, 2017. And I'll get you two extra months on my dime. So once again, go to Packer Report, click join, sign up for one month, and I will give you two more with the coupon code FA2017. All right, I'm with the show. Let's start with Nick Perry, the player that they retained. You know, on Twitter I posited, you know, I think Perry, five years, $60 million. Well, Nick Perry got, yeah, not five years and $60 million. So... What they say about blind squirrels and acorns? Obviously, a huge, huge signing for the Packers. A, he's dang good. 11 sacks last year. Um, led the team in sacks. He led the team outside linebackers in tackles. He led pro football focus in the run stop percentage metric, which measures the amount of impact tackles, not just regular tackles, but impact tackles per run defending snap. So he led the NFL in that. So you got a A double-digit pass rusher, statistically, the best run-stopping outside linebacker. So you've got a two-way standout. So from that perspective, that's key. Key from this perspective, too. Outside linebacker is the most important position in a 3-4 defense. And who do the Packers have? Well, they had Perry, obviously. Um, Julius Peppers, 
37 and a free agent. Dayton Jones, a free agent. And Jones had one sack last year anyway. Clay Matthews, who turns 31 here in a couple months, is coming off a lousy season. So if you, and you know, you, you submitted a third round pick last year on Kyler Fackrell, and he didn't do anything. So from Green Bay's perspective, what in the hell they have done? Yeah, it's a great draft class, but boy, they have been up a creek without him. Rob Demosky over at ESPN.com has the full contract breakdown. $18.5 million signing bonus, a five-year deal, but it's really only for two years, and here's why. 2017, base salary $1.3 million, cap charge 5.85, five. 2018, a $1.9 million base salary, cap charge $7.2 million. 2019 is when the money kicks in. He has a, his base salary goes up to 5.2 million, but there's a roster bonus of 4.8 million due the third day of the league year. And the league year, well, like yesterday, yesterday was the start of the league year, coincides with the first day of free agency. So the third day of the league year for Perry, that's due. So, in fact, in 2019, he has a he gets paid 10 million dollars in salary and roster bonus. And his cap goes up to $14.7 million. Then in 2020, his cap is 14.3. 2021, his cap is 10 point, excuse me, his cap is 14.1. So again, let's go through the cap charges one more time because really that's what matters, right? 2017, this year, $5.855 million. 2018, 10.9 million. 2019, 14.7 million. 2020, 14.3 million. 2021, 14.1 million. So, again, the really the pivotal point in this contract is will be you know basically early March in 2019. Do the Packers pay him a 4.8 million dollar roster bonus? Also of note. There are weekly roster bonuses of $600,000 every year, which means $37,500 per game for each of the five years. And that basically provides the Packers a bit of insurance given Perry's injury history. I mean, he's never played 16 games. He missed, he's missed 20 games in his five seasons. So that, that mitigates some of the injury concern from Green Bay's perspective. So obviously that, a big move, for the Packers. Micah Hyde, gone. Signed with the Buffalo Bills. Five years, $30.5 million. Um, on Twitter, um, Hyde um, thanked the Packers and then pointed out that the Packers didn't offer him a contract. So I thought that was an interesting way to <laughs> interesting way to exit. Um, I guess I don't blame the Packers. Um we talked about this yesterday in the podcast. That he's a heck of a good player, but I mean, there's always going to be the but there. I mean, is he big enough to really play safety for 16 games and a thousand snaps? And the Bills signed him to play safety. Is he big enough to do that? Is he fast enough to go cover guys in the slot? All you know, snap after play after play after play, game after game after game. He's got. There are those concerns there with him. I mean, you've seen it. I got enough of it on Twitter, too. 
and finally, you know, good, good luck, Micah. We'll go draft someone faster. And I think ultimately, it's the speed that makes you concerned at that much money. So I, I'm not surprised the Packers didn't offer him a contract. If if Micah's agent said to Ted, "Hey, hey Ted," or actually, it's Russ Ball does the contracts. Hey, Russ, we got thirty. We got a five year, thirty million dollar offer here. Um, <laughs> Russ Ball said, "Price of." Well, thank you. Best of luck to Mike and Buffalo. I mean, I, I guess I can't blame Green Bay for not offering my contract. So Hyde is gone. But with, you know, with all that said, the Packers are not better after this move, right? The Packers' pass defense was terrible to begin with. He was really their, I mean, without I me, mean, he was without question their best cover guy as far as pure production goes. So, so you can say Green Bay was smart to not sign him. It doesn't mean that you're better. Your defense is worse today than it was yesterday. And when your defense is bad to begin with, that is not good. So clearly it puts cornerback um, generally, and you know, in particular, a guy who can play in the slot now becomes a, a primary need, maybe the primary need for the Packers entering this draft. It's an excellent draft class. We talked about this yesterday. I'm going to go into, I'm go into more of these slot guys. Today over at PackReport.com, as much as I can, it, my uh, my son does not have school today, um, so I'll be be wrestling with him. Literally wrestling with him too. He likes to, he likes to wrestle. He's four, um, but I think that'll be something I'm gonna try to attack today. Depending on the amount of news that comes out with uh, T.J. Lang, Jared Cook, and Eddie Lacy, but um, a big deal for Hyde. He's gonna go play safety. It's at the Bills. Welcome to Maz. But $30.5 million over five years, $14 million of that guaranteed. And that average pay uh, makes him the 14th highest paid safety in the league. So that, that's, look, that's what free agency does, right? And I've talked about this on the show. I've written it. I was on the radio talking about it. That's what free agency does. Uh, the vast majority of the really good players are re-signed by their own teams. All these teams have a lot of money to spend. So when you have a minimal amount of, of quality players, and I would certainly put Hyde in that rank, but when you got a minimal number of quality players, but a lot of teams looking to spend, that's what happens. Guys get overpaid. Just the way it is. So Michael Hyde is gone. Um, J.C. Treader is gone as well. He signed with the Browns to play center. The Browns basically signed an entire offensive line yesterday. So probably good moves by Cleveland, but for Treader, three years, sixteen point seven five million dollars. That's a little over five and a half million a year. It'll be interesting to see, comp pick wise, what the Packers get. Casey Hayward got five million a year um, from San Diego last offseason, and that was enough to give Green Bay a fifth round pick. So I think the I think the hope that Green Bay get, you know. A four for sure, but maybe even a pie-in-the-sky three, depending on what Schroeder got offered. The three clearly is out the window. And a four, probably unlikely. So he's probably going to get an extra fifth-round pick for J.C. Treader. And you know, the Packers weren't going to sign the guy. Good luck to J.C. He's a good player. He's never been healthy. We'll see how this pans out for him in Cleveland. We're getting his first chance. Maybe the guy just needs... A change of scenery and a change of luck. But he's a good player when he, when he played. Just wasn't able to play. All right. 
oh yeah, they also resigned Don Barclay, which is a pretty big, a pretty important move. I know no, none of you guys like Don Barclay. I, I understand. You can, you can save in the emails, but for what he is, he can get you. He can get you through a game. At guard, look. I know he played some bad football. Don Barkley played way too much football at right tackle. Hell, he played left tackle against Arizona. And like I said, all those times, none of that was his fault. He was he was doing stuff that he probably shouldn't be doing. He's an undrafted free agent. He's made the most out of his um, skill set, so I think it's a key that he's back for Green. You know, he he can't possibly be asked to start sixteen games at guard if TJ Lang departs, but I want to get you through a game or three, I think you could probably do worse than than Barclay. Speaking of TJ Lang, that's when the big dominoes hit the fall. TJ Lang, um, according to reports, is taking visits. Actually, took a visit to Detroit. He lives nearby Detroit. So probably just took a, hopped in his truck and zoomed it over to Lions headquarters over at Allen Park. Allen Park, by the way, is not a lovely area in Detroit. When I covered that Packers-Lions game over there and at the end of the year, I, I spent the day at Allen Park. Their facility is great. Not a nice part of town. Not that that matters. Um, so he's visited there. He's going to go visit Seattle. Seattle, of course, is the one that worries you because, A, Seattle's really good. Um, obviously, Seattle needs old line help. Seattle's line is terrible. Um, and, and John Schneider is aggressive enough to go make a move where maybe, just maybe, T.J. Lang goes out to Seattle and does not come back. But I would think Lang and his agent, Mike McCartney, will stay in contact with the Packers and say, hey, Seattle's doing this. What can you do? Um, you know, from Seattle's perspective, you know, I'm, I'm sure the one reason why he's visiting is to see where he is health-wise. He had Austin hip surgery. McCarthy at the Combine said he didn't think Lang would be ready until the start of training camp. Which, you know what, he's a smart guy if you're Seattle. Who cares, right? If he misses all the offseason stuff, you'll be fine. So I don't, I don't think that really impacts anything, so long as the injury went smooth. And I'm assuming that's what the, the, the medical staffs are checking out. Guards made a lot of money yesterday. A lot of money. So that means TJ Lang made a lot of money yesterday, too. Um, Kevin Zeitler, um, the consensus number one guard. In free agency, signed for $12 million a year with the Browns. Went from Cincy to Cleveland for $12 million. Ronald Leary went from Dallas to Denver for about almost nine. Um, Larry Warford went from Detroit to New Orleans, which is creating the opening for Lang. Um, Kansas City re-signed um, the, 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 guy, the guy with the French name and a hyphen. <laughs> Uh, Laurent Duveret, something Tardif, whatever his name is. Um, not an elite guard, but he got an, an eight-plus million-dollar extension back in February. So it's been a great offseason for TJ, money-wise. And I, if you take the injury stuff out of it, based on what Leary got and based on what um, Zeitler got, you figure TJ's worth $10 million a year. Um, you wonder if he's going to get that. Clearly, for Green Bay, you you need to bring him back. And I realize if the money gets out of hand, that's a whole other conversation. But who plays guard for the Green Bay Packers without him? There's no one here. Don Barclay? 
Uh, Jason Spriggs? Do you move Blaga to guard and then put Spriggs at tackle? I wouldn't say any of those are great possibilities. Um, Spriggs played some guard last year. Um, I just don't like six foot six guys playing guard. Um, I, I thought he was underpowered at that. I mean, guard needs to be you know, 6'3", 6'4", of brute force. And, I, that, you know, Spriggs might make a great tackle someday. I don't think he'll make a great guard. And, you know, Barclay is what Barclay is. I mean, do you, do you end up moving Brian Balaga into guard? Putting Spriggs at right tackle? I mean, but that seems like, you know, going from Lane to Balaga, maybe you're taking a little bit of a step back. I don't, I, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming Brian would be fine. But going from Balaga to Spriggs right tackle seems like a huge step backwards. So, in my mind, if you lose TJ, now you have to go spend your first or second round pick on a guard. If you do that, that's not a first or second round pick that you're not using to improve your defense. So to me, if you have to pay $10 million for TJ Lang, you have to pay $10 million for TJ Lang. I say you, you, you sign him. And you know what? If he breaks down a bit, Suck it up. You, you've, got to go, you've got to go win a championship. And I understand that Ted's not going to go sign from the outside. Fine. But you sure as hell better sign TJ. I, you know, I, I think it's a mistake if they let him go because now you just set off. Now you just set off mayhem. And, you, know, and you, can, you can spend your first round draft pick on Forrest Lamp from Western Kentucky. There's no guarantee he's going to be a good football player. You know how it is with rookies. There's no position in the draft that's immune to, oh, crap, this guy isn't any good. <laughs> so I think Green Bay's got to sign him. Jared Cook. Um, allegedly, teams like Chicago, um, Detroit, were in uh, Seattle were in the market there. Um, I know Chicago signed a tight end yesterday. Um, again, I, I, think, I think he's a guy that ultimately resigns. We'll see. I, I think it's a pretty good draft class of tight ends, and the fact that you've got a pretty good draft class of tight ends, much better than it has been in years, but you've got a pretty good class. And Cook's just really never been an exceptional player. Now, he showed a lot of signs of it in his 10 games after he came back from the ankle injury. He showed signs of being that player, but man, I think if you're another team, you say, I might take my chances with OJ if you know if you're in the top ten. I mean, I'll take my chances of getting OJ Howard or one of those other guys. So I think I think he, ultimately he comes back. <laughs> now ultimately, you're listening to this podcast at 11 a.m. and he signs somewhere else. <laughs> you know you know how this works, but I think he'll come back. We'll see. Eddie Lacy, his agents, helpfully on Twitter, came out and reported that he's going to take visits to Minnesota. Seattle and Green Bay. I thought it was funny that they said he's taking a visit to Green Bay. I assume that's a health update. Remember, he had off-season ankle injury or off-season ankle surgery. You wonder, okay, how is that coming along? And B, what have you been doing with yourself in the interim? Because, well, do I, do I need to go into this? He's a big guy. Big guys who can't run, they get bigger. So just how much bigger is Eddie Lacy? I think that would be a Cause for concern, I think, if you're the Vikings and the Seahawks, you want to get in the guy's head, right? You want to know, if I get, can you shape up? Are you motivated? Do you actually want to play this football game and maximize your skill set? Because Eddie Lacy doesn't love football. I mean, he's, 
It's not a secret. I mean, he's told us that. I mean, we've told him. Like, I remember talking to him when they brought him in. He'd be asking, you know, who would you like watching? And you go, oh, I didn't watch football. I didn't watch football. You know, we ask him, ask him about the college. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it. He doesn't watch football. He doesn't, doesn't love football. I think he loves, loves playing the game. I think he loves, I think Eddie Lacy loves 16 Sundays per year plus however many playoff games you're playing. Eddie Lacy loves football for that many days of the year. He doesn't love football for the other 340 some. So, so I think if you're the Vikings, man, if you mentioned the Vikings, you've got Adrian Peterson you've had over there, who's the ultimate warrior as a football player. And he's, you got that mindset in Peterson, and then having to talk to Eddie Lacy. Whew, that'll be a shock to the system. No, I like Eddie too. I, I'm, you know, I don't even mean this in a bad way. He doesn't love football, you know, whatever. But I mean, he's not a bad guy. He's very likable. But you wonder, is he going to put in the time? I mean, if he's up to 270 pounds now for, or whatever, is he going to put in the time to get down to where he needs to get to? And can he do that with a bum wheel? So I. That domino's got to fall yet, so those are the phenomenal. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if Lacey will go today. I would assume, I would assume Lang is done today and probably Cook too. So I'm assuming a busy day of free agent news for the Packers. And that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Packers. Thank you as always for listening. I truly appreciate it. Have a great weekend, and I will talk to you on Monday. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.